So today's passage is called Mary's Song. And a little bit of backstory to this particular passage is right before uh, this was composed, she had been with the angel. I don't know, but I keep getting feedback from something. I'm not sure if it's the combo or not. Um, right before she composed the song, she had had the visit from the angel Gabriel. And so we read that scripture this morning, and she learned that she would, be, she would uh, have a son conceived of the Holy Spirit as a virgin. And so then, right after that, she gets up and she goes to be with her cousin Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth is of older age and she's pregnant, which is a miracle of itself. And when Mary walks into the room, walks into the home of Elizabeth, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And not only is she filled with the Holy Spirit, but the baby inside of her, John the Baptist, leaps for joy. So Mary has experienced two encounters uh, with the Lord that have impressed upon her the goodness and the power of the Lord. So she has those two encounters, and then it's like, I imagine if she was in a play, this would be the monologue. She would, or if it was a musical, and she would step aside, and it would be the thing she was singing to the Lord, but we could all hear it. And this is that passage. Let's read together. Luke 1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Amen. So, I've been sitting in this passage for for quite a, I've known I was going to preach for a while now. So this is how the, this is the flow that we're going to go. If you could put up the slide related to Mary's song that has the breakdown. There we go. This is the direction that we're going to be going today. And we're going to go verse by verse. And I'm super excited about it. It's rich. Okay, so the first part, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Magnifies the Lord is what this whole song does. She's exalting the Lord. She's lifting him up. She's not making him greater because he doesn't need to be greater. But in the lifting up her eyes, our eyes are enlarged to see, to see his greatness. And she says, my soul. And so it's not lip service. And as I read that, I thought about I want my soul to magnify the Lord, and I, it's, that's a genuine desire, and often uh, it's lip service because there is a, my, my soul lacks 
seeing the goodness of God. But there's a practice that's helping me right now. And it's a practice we do with our children in, in children's church. And I want to pass it on to you. So when I'm in scripture, I always look for one thing. Canaan Noonish, you're in children's. This is risky. Ha. When we read scripture in children's, what are the two things we're looking for? That's right. He said, something new and something God is doing. What is God doing? And that is when you're in scripture, you want to read it for that. Because when those things get inside of you, who the Lord is, it's, it undergirds and it gets into our soul. And then when we go to praise him, we can have a soul that magnifies the Lord and not just lip service. And I want to encourage you, ask the Lord, let my soul magnify you. Put who you are deep inside of me. There's a practice that we are doing at home right now in Advent, and I want to pass it on to you. So um, put on this. Okay, so these passages, if you've got a phone and you are interested at all, take a picture. This is what we're doing in our house. First, we're getting a card. A, I've got a Christmas card. We make one person the um, secretary and one person the reader. And we read the passage, and every time there's a descriptor of God, somebody raises their hand. And when somebody raises their hand, you, you stop. And this is really the best way to do it with children. Stop. What did you hear? And they'll say what they heard, and you write it in the Christmas card. You write that word. These stories are loaded, loaded with descriptors of Jesus and God the Father. But when you've seen God the Father, you've seen God the Son, so they both count. And then when we're done reading it, we give, when we're done reading it and writing down the few things, and actually some of them are, I did this with fourth and fifth graders a few years ago, and we filled up a poster board, a poster board with just the adjectives. Then when we're done, we take time, and you read it, and you say, Jesus is, and you say what it is. And so, for example, in Isaiah, Jesus is wonderful counselor. Jesus is mighty God. And then you give thanks for him, but here's what it, here's what it does. It gets who the Lord is in your soul so that when you go to worship him and be with him, it is not lip service. Because the scripture is alive and it gets inside of us and it gets inside of our children. And I, I want to encourage you, if you do, do it with your children, don't be militant. It's okay if they're all over the place and it's okay if they get only one thing. The one thing, trust the Holy Spirit, the one thing might be the thing. So this is a practice that we're doing right now and I wish I'd brought the card, it's just a... It's just the Christmas card that's empty on the inside that we're writing descriptors of Jesus. And we're only on the third one, and we're going to do the last two right before. We'll do the last one on Christmas. My soul magnifies the Lord. Lord, let our soul magnify you. Take us to the next part. 
And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. This is Mary. And Mary is declaring her need of a Savior. And, and that word Savior is also a deliverer. Right? But she says, my spirit rejoices. And so here's where I get stuck. And I think some of you guys might uh, resonate with this. I know my need of a savior sometimes so much. So my spirit's not rejoicing because I begin to, my eyes have enlarged my sin rather than my savior who's coming in to be with me. And what we see here, he has looked on me with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Sometimes I think my need of a savior, he's not looking at me, but he's deterred by me. But that's not true. It's not true. We need a savior. We have need. And he looks upon it in a way that draws us to himself as savior and deliverer. Where do you need him as your savior and as your deliverer? He has rescued me from myself. He's rescued me from my own plan for my life. He rescues me from the cost of sin for my, uh, of life. He's rescued me from my own thinking. He's rescued me um, from lack of purpose and meaning. How has he rescued you? Where do you need him to rescue you? Don't get stuck though waddling in or wading in that pool turn your eyes and see him looking at you with the favor and he wants you to be with him he is not deterred by this need he wants to fill you he wants to give you his strength his holiness his salvation uh, show the picture of the stockings so you would think this was last year, but this is already this year. Thank you. Um, this is my mantle right now. Those are our stockings. Those stockings were made with love by my mama, my sister Wendy, and my sister Hannah. And I think I actually cross-stitched Jonathan's name on one of those. Um, I know, amen, right? That's the work of the Lord right there. He looked on me with favor. I haven't done it since. They made the mistake giving me Jonathan. Anyway, this long, not, not my son Jonathan, but cross-stitching. Anyways, so that particular, these stockings, um, I, I have filled uh, all of them except one. I have a rule in my house, and we should all, I don't fill my own stocking. Right? I don't fill my own stocking, and my husband does a great job, and he's thoughtful, and he's mindful about it. And I, I have the task of the others, not because I have the task, because I take the task, and I love it. I love the personal, I, like if Connie lived at my house, like who she is and what she likes and going to find that knickknack on sale that I, can, that I can afford that she'd still love. Like, I love it. To make it a gift that... Uh, fills her up. I want you guys to know we, we are like a stocking. We are not made to fill ourselves up. We are made to be filled up by the Lord. 
We are made to be filled up by the Lord. Put the passage back up, if you, if you don't mind. It helps me reference it. Um, so you see here that Mary's filled up by salvation and strength and holiness. It is not her own strength, her own holiness, or her own salvation. We were made to be filled up by the Lord. And it is a gift, and it is personal, and it is important. Uh, this particular part of the song is a personal. Mary's talking about herself. And it's a, and it's a, sweet, a sweet part of the song, but she moves into the next part, which can we move to verse 50? This next part, it's a similar message, but it's corporate. And she's saying this gift is for you. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown his strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. His mercy is for those who fear him. That word fear him is like those who are in awe of him. And so if you are in awe of the Lord, the discrepancy between you and him and your need for mercy is highlighted. And if you're in awe of the Lord, it postures you to receive his mercy. And, and one of the things that can keep us from having a posture of receiving his mercy, and we see it in the passage, is sometimes pride and arrogance. We don't see our own need or we're filled up with things that are counterfeit. We've filled our own stocking, per se, and we feel pretty good about it. And we don't really see the difference between us and the Lord. And the Lord is not mean to tear down the thoughts of the scattered the proud. He's not being mean. He has something better. When our, when our proud thoughts get torn down, that's not God showing us. That's God in his love preparing our hearts to receive something better, to receive what he has for us. So uh, can you show the, the picture of the craziness? Okay, this, this is my family from uh, Thanksgiving 2019. Uh, not this past Thanksgiving, is pre-COVID Thanksgiving. And this is about 12 of the 40 people that descend on my sister Marion's house. And uh, these are all cousins. And this is 12 or 11 of the 30 cousins, right? And um, that's my son, Jonathan, in the middle, in the blue. And then that's my son, James, and my daughter, Jacqueline, in the front, and that really does kind of depict home. Yep, that's pretty much it. So, um, so at Thanksgiving, there is one uh, dish that is the star of the show. The rest of it we pretend to like and we put it on our plate because somebody made it. And, but there's one thing we are all there for and it is the recipe of my mom's Thanksgiving dressing it's not stuffing it is dressing and it is a work of the Lord and it has parsley and onion and walnuts or no pecans 
forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. Pecans, um, Granny Smith apples, sausage, these special breadcrumbs that I think she went to a closet and got from angels or something. I'm not sure. They were cornbread and they were this one brand that you could only use. Anyway, it, it's like made, it takes hours, hours. So this year, I had Thanksgiving at my house and uh, with, with my kids and my husband and I didn't have any of my sisters, so I'm, I'm one of nine and I'm number seven in that line. So I don't have culinary skills. I try, we can all Google, but I wanted this particular thing that my mom has passed on and my sister Wendy really holds it the best, knows it the best. And so I made a sort of a makeshift half halvesies kind of a thing, right? I, it, I looked at the instructions and it was so much and the ingredients so lengthy and, and so I did my own thing. And I will confess, it involved a box, stoves, stuff top, what is it, stove top? That was, that was in the mix of like other things. And um, the discrepancy was known and seen and tasted and my family, they, I raised them well, they didn't say anything, but anyway. So, this, so the table is made for this thing to fill us up. Now, how arrogant would it be if my sister Wendy made this for us? Spent hours, she starts the night before actually, just so you know, and some of it goes in the turkey. If we sat at the table and I said, you know, I kind of got a little bit of hungry before I got here, so I ate me some stove top, and so I'm just going to be here. Um, I'm kind of already full, and it wasn't bad. I mean, stove top makes a billion dollars. It's not horrible. A lot of people eat it, and so you just want to sit at the table while everyone is feasting with a counterfeit or already full. And the Lord says, no, don't do that. Come to me hungry. Come to me empty. Don't bring your counterfeit. Don't bring your best efforts. Don't bring your halvesy mix. Don't do it. Come to me empty and let me fill you up with all the ingredients that I have prepared for you and it has great value because you have great value and let your value come from the Lord and his filling of you let your strength come from the Lord and his filling of you let his salvation come from the Lord and his filling of you and this whole song is about Mary saying, go to the Lord empty and let him fill you up. And it is enough. And not only is it enough, you will be in awe of it. Be in awe of the faithfulness and the goodness of the Lord. Amen. So, if we go to the um, last slide. 
I want to encourage us to let Mary's song be our song. And she has some good instruction here. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. There's something of the Lord's help that comes to us when we remember the times where we had need and he met us. And not only personally, but also corporately, but also in the scripture. And that's why when you read scripture, read it for what is the Lord doing? Because what the Lord is doing, he is rescuing us. He is our rescuer. And when we say we have need, he doesn't go, I'm deterred by that. Could you be stronger? He says, no, he looks on it with favor. And he says, come, come to the table and let me fill you up. So... I um, went through this particular song, and I did the thing that I've asked you guys to do as you read, uh, when you go through the Advent passages and, and underline what God has done, or, or who Jesus is, or a descriptor of God, and then declare that as a family. I went back through this song, and I underlined the, the places where it gives a descriptor of Jesus, or, or something that God has done. And I wrote it down, and I want to read it as sort of our own song right now. And let it, I'm, I'm asking the Lord that it would get inside of us and begin, begin a sense of awe and wonder of the Lord. And that we could worship him together, and that it would come, I'm asking him to let it come from a place of, from my soul. As I lift up the Lord and who he is, as I magnify the Lord, that it would come from my soul and begin to take root in yours. Or that's a lot of you are deeply rooted in the goodness of the Lord. But let it go deeper, even still. So, Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Deliverer. Jesus is worthy of all. Jesus is merciful. Jesus is our strength. Jesus is our riches. He is our satisfaction. He is our God who sees places of lack and says, come to the table and eat. He is our faithful promise keeper. <laughs>